Morning guys, it's Emmett. It's raining and I'm walking the dogs early because I'm going to go visit my grandma today. Um, so this might be cut short. We'll see, I don't have an umbrella. <laughs> I got up early uh, with my wife this morning. She usually gets up early to do yoga on days that she is working because she She's a nurse, so she's on her feet, but <clears throat> but she doesn't get sort of healthful exercise. So it's important for her to balance out her day. And I got up early with her this morning to work on the spoon carving book, which is coming along nicely. I'm probably two-thirds of the way done with chapter six, which is all about sharpening. It's going to be a long chapter for reasons I'm about to describe especially with sharpening, but I suspect I'll find it's true with, uh, I mean, I found it true with every other technical chapter that I've done so far. <clears throat> Describing what to do is the fast, easy part. Describing why that is the thing to do, why it is the way it is, why it works that way, the why takes much longer, is much harder to describe, but in the end, it's the thing that will allow you to both um, own a skill, as in really understand it, and also push it forward yourself. If all you're doing is following a prescription that somebody else put out and you don't understand why the prescription is the way it is, then you won't be able to meaningfully contribute to evolving best practices because you won't understand what, what is important and what is less important. You understand why something is done a certain way. And so it's tempting in writing a book like this to simply give you how to do it, right? How to carve a spoon. Here's how you do it. But honestly, that's just a fraction of the information. And it won't equip you to handle all of the small iterations that are how I can handle situations. A big part of why people want to come learn from me, whether digitally or in person, is that we all recognize that situations are unique. And something comes up that maybe isn't exactly as it has been described, and you want to say, hey, what should I do here? Is this too far? Have I gone too far? Is this bit of wood too squirrely? What matters? What doesn't matter? What should I be looking out for? How does this all actually work? <clears throat> and it's that part. It's the, it's the part where you understand how something works and what parameters influence how it works that forms your ability to handle all of the 
unusual circumstances that always happen. It's not that unusual circumstances are rare. Unusual circumstances are the norm. And understanding the process, deeply understanding it, is what allows you to make informed decisions that navigate these unusual circumstances. So that's why this book is going to be um, thick. It's going to be dense. It's going to be fun to read, though. Uh, I'm keeping it conversational, trying to make sure that it is... um, that it reads as though you were in the room with me, just exactly as I teach students in person, talking you through it. Okay, you're gonna do this. Now stop and absorb this bit of information. Okay, let's layer on the next piece. Now stop and absorb all the nuances of that and why you're doing it that way. Okay, now add on this other thing. And in this way, step by step, we get you through a process like uh, this morning I've been writing all about sharpening inner bevel hooks and all of the permutations of that and all of the process of that. And I'm about three quarters of the way done and it's taken four pages of text to get through all of the stuff. But when you read all that stuff, you now know what I know in all of its nuance. I'm looking forward to getting into you guys' hands. Hopefully, uh, early next year. I think realistically I'm not going to be done writing this until Christmas, and then I'll pull together the, the photos, and it'll be formatted. And So hopefully... We'll see if I can get it done sooner than that, but it's looking pacing-wise like it's going to be January, February, March, somewhere in there. Dramatically sped up time frame because, I can't remember if I've said this or not before, I've decided to publish it myself. Oh, I guess this is going to be a longer episode than I thought, because now I have to talk about that. Uh, I decided to publish it myself because I've already done the getting published by a real publisher thing. I know what that's like. I know what it's not not able to do as well. And I want to try publishing something myself. And of any book I might write where I would publish it myself, this is the one to do it. Because you guys, my audience, are the ones who are going to want to buy it. Not some audience that any publisher would have. <clears throat> And at first I was daunted by the thought of handling several hundred orders of people buying it. But, you know, I handle multiple hundreds of orders with the magazine four times a year. So I figure I can handle it. The good thing is that with... Ooh, the gate's open. The good thing is that with it being... Um, self-published, it dramatically shortens the time frame to get it out to you guys. Rather than turn it over to the publisher sometime in January and have them take a full year to run it through their pipeline, I think it'll just be a couple months after that. 
Um, which is good because I thrive on fast turnaround times and iterations. So um, I'm excited to do it, excited to dip my toe in the self-publishing world. Uh, if it goes well, then I will start contemplating publishing collected volumes of Spoonosaurus magazine, maybe 10 issues per volume. So we need to get to number 10 first, obviously. Um, <clears throat> and then who knows? Maybe I'll publish more books. But let's start with this one first. Thanks for listening, guys. This is a beautiful meadow I just walked into. We'll talk tomorrow.